Alright, not less than two minutes ago, I just ate shit. I have one of those one wheels. You guys know what a one wheel is? Well, I was zooming around the garage. I had to I had to go help Missy get the baby car seat tightened up because she's going on a walkabout or some shit. And uh, I came around the corner. I was trying to accelerate too fast. And if you've ever ridden a one wheel, you know that if you go faster, it just doesn't have enough power to keep you balanced. And so it took a nosedive. And I, I just... Oh, it's not really. You can see a little gravel. Hold on. Let me see. Can you see that on the camera? Hold on. Let me get this out of the way. Uh, it's not really, it's not really coming in. Can you see that? I just want to focus on my face. Never mind. All right. Anyways, this is Jake with the Radio Underland show. Listening to a little Jimmy Allen right here. Good shit, man. Well, that sounds like Brad Paisley singing with him. All right, what do we have going on today? Let me see. Let me pull up my auspicious notes. I've got gravel in my hair, man. I'm telling you, I eat shit face first, man. I, there's rocks, usually rocks and grains of sand falling out of my hair right now, literally. Okay. All right, what we have in here is, let me get rid of this... Uh, Jimmy, uh, Betty James by Jimmy Allen with Brad Paisley. Okay, what we have on going on here is there a there's a Russian oligarch that says he doesn't know how to survive. He doesn't know how to survive because his wealth has dropped billions of dollars in the last, well, since this war started. He was at one time worth, uh, I believe, $10.5 billion. Let me see right here. Uh, the Russian oligarch Mikhail Friedman said in an interview that he he didn't know how to live. He doesn't know how to live. That's, that's, that's sad. He doesn't know how to live. And what is his problem? Well, his problem is, is since the invasion of Ukraine began, Friedman's wealth dropped by $4 billion. I quote, I do not know how to live. Friedman told Bloomberg. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Talking about panic setting in panic, panic. If you lost $4 billion, you'd be panicking too. Friedman, a co-founder of the London investment firm Letter One and former board member of the Russian banking company Alpha Bank, he told Bloomberg that the sanctions meant that his last working UK bank card was frozen. Poor guy. Friedman, who lives in the UK. Okay, so so they, 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 did, they did show some generosity to him. What they did was they gave him an allowance of 2,500 pounds a month. That's about 3,000 US dollars. And he has to apply for a license to spend money before the British government decides how reasonable the request is, he told Bloomberg. He said, my problems are really nothing compared with their problems, he told Bloomberg, referring to the Ukrainians trapped in the conflict. Friedman resigned from the board of Alpha Bank one day after the EU sanctioned him. He also stepped down from the board of directors of Letter One. Uh, hold on, let me tell you what, what, hold on, I'm trying to find, it says in here what his net worth was before he lost $4 billion. Okay. Friedman, who has a net worth of $10.1 billion. So he lost four. So he's only worth 6 billion. But the problem is, is he can't touch it. He's on, he's on an allowance of 3000 us dollars a month. Poor guy. Uh, he just started to go fund me. I mean, can you imagine having $6 billion? 
Six billion dollars and you can't even touch it. I mean, I do kind of feel bad for the guy. Uh, the guy was definitely, he worked with the West. He was not, he was, um, he, he resigned from his offices in Russia right after the attack. So, I mean, he was trying to do the right thing, but, uh, you know, he said, as he says down here even further, he says that he thought he was going to be untouchable because of his uh, good relations with the West. Right here, he says, we, sincere, we sincerely believe we are such good friends of the Western world that we couldn't be punished, he told Bloomberg. Uh, it says that Friedman is among the many Russians targeted by Western sanctions aimed at clipping Russians' economy and pushing President Vladimir Putin from the invasion of Ukraine. That's on Business Insider. I mean, I guess if you're going to have a problem, uh, uh, a good problem to have is that you have $4 billion that you can't touch. I don't know. $3,000 a month for a billionaire? Uh, that's not going to go far, right? They, that means he has to fire his driver. He has to uh, whatever apartment or whatever he's staying in in the UK. I guarantee it's more than uh, $3,000 a month, right? Oh, anyways. Okay, so... Uh, that is the first story of the day. What else do we have here? Let's see. Oh, and, and yeah, in Australia down under down under mate, uh, they're creating, they're creating a little, uh, COVID task force to go door to door to get testing on people. Uh, WA premier launches, uh, COVID armies to perform door to door tests. Mark McGowan's COVID force to deploy in Perth this weekend to conduct voluntary tests. Okay, so Western Australia's Premier Mark McGowan faces increasing criticism over his handling of COVID as the state remains isolated from the rest of Australia and its citizens, and its citizens endure the country's toughest health orders. Because, uh, you know, Western Australia, they've been cracked down a whole lot more than the rest of the um, country of Australia, and they're not releasing anytime soon, according to this. So the job of this army is to go door to door in Perth over the weekend to conduct random COVID testing on people who do not have symptoms to see if the Omicron variant is going unnoticed within the wider community. And I quote, who's this from? This is from uh, Professor Nick Golding from Telethon Kids Institute. He says, and we know some people don't have symptoms and some people don't have enough symptoms to go and get tested. And we really want to know how many infections are out there at the moment. Okay, this is the thing. If you have to be tested for Omicron, do you know if you have it? Is it really that big of a deal? Now, I know immunally compromised people and stuff, they have a much harder issue with the Omicron, etc. But if the vast majority of your people, if they're, if they're not sick enough to go to the hospital, what's the point? I mean, just to know that they have it and then put it, you know, so, so the numbers add up, etc., if it's not that bad, it's not that bad, right? No other way around it. So that's what's going on in uh, Western Australia, COVID army. They want to test at least 1,600 people over two weekends as part of a collaborative effort with the Curtin University Telethon Kids. The process involves taking saliva samples from random participants before processing them using a brand new technology that has not been cleared by the Therapeutic Goods and Drugs Administration. Um, uh, they're using some new testing called LAMP. It's loop meditated isothermal amplification or LAMP is designed for screening only and has to be confirmed with the standard of uh, PCR testing. Many Western Australians have taken to social media to express their reservations and anger at the idea of government officials knocking on their door to perform voluntary tests. 
COVID has only recently started making its way through Western Australia as the highly transmittable Omicron strain escaped quarantine. In total, in total, okay, now all of this, all of this going on over this line right here, and this is what's important, all of this over six people dying. Six people. Six people. Stopping everything in Australia, in Western Australia, because of six people. I mean, come on. I mean, no, no nobody should, nobody's life should be lost, but really we're going to put, put the brakes on everything over six people and get out of here, get out of here. Six people have died, including the recent death of a woman in her eighties, eighties. How long does she have to live anyways? It's a valid question. It was a woman in her eighties who was receiving palliative care. McGowan kept the Western Australia border closed for 697 days. In other words, in Australia, you couldn't travel from Western Australia to whatever the other provinces or areas or whatever they call them. There's like six of them in Australia or six or seven. I don't know. Uh, but he closed the borders down for 697 days. You couldn't travel across Australia from the Western, uh, Western Australia to other locations in Australia. I don't know. Serious stuff, man. They're not joking around there in uh, Australia for sure. Now, what else do we have here? Uh, the billionaire, we already covered that. Oh, yeah. You know, we touched on this yesterday, and this was about the, the, the new recent story about four Disney employees arrested in Florida, human trafficking, child predator sting. Uh, let's see. The campaign called Operation March Sadness 2 led to the arrest of 108 people, the Polk County Sheriff's Office, of Office said. Uh, let's rewind this. Let's see if we, we can hear Days here. For the sheriff's office to find 108 people trying to buy or sell sex in Polk County. Then there's Xavier Jackson. He's 27. He is accused of sending sexual images to someone he thought was a 14-year-old girl. Oh, did I mention that he just happens to be a lifeguard at the Polynesian Resort for Disney? You think there's a few children around there? Sheriff Grady Judd identified several other Disney employees accused of soliciting a prostitute. This is the Honorable Daniel Peters. Oh, shit. Sheriff Judd said Peters is a retired judge from Cook County, Illinois, who thought he was meeting up with an escort. He said, quote, I've been on the other side of this. Well, I'd like to ask him today. So which side do you like best? In one case, detectives had to reschedule a meeting. The sheriff says Bradenton's Seth Phillips demanded money anyway and showed up at the house with his girlfriend and a gun. Holy shit. We opened the door with four of our guys with guns, and he's got a gun above his head. He's coming down with his gun. Christina saves his life by jumping in front of him. Nobody was hurt, but they were both taken into custody. Wow. Lifeguard out of the Polynesian pool for Disney. Oh, That's God, not good. Nah, stop playing that. I don't want to hear it. It's been a struggle. I'm Okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, child predator that's uh, guarding the kids at the Polynesian Resort at Disneyland, Florida. And they said other Disney employees, they really didn't give the line of occupation of what they were doing, etc. But man, that's a big problem. Good time for Bob Cheapick to go down to DeSantis and start arguing about the don't say gay bill in the, uh, in the young five to seven year olds classrooms. It's good time to stick up to blocking that bill. Basically, the anti-grooming bill in Florida, uh, when you got your employees, your lifeguard at the Polynesian. 
child porn, etc. Yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting. What else do we have going on here? Let me see. Uh, where did my notes go? There they are. Okay, so we have that. We have what else? Oh, this is interesting. Putin. Okay, so Putin. Putin. Allegedly, he makes $150,000 U.S. dollars a year, and his only asset is an 800-square-foot apartment, okay? But obviously, the guy is always spotted wearing these watches that are worth thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. The guy has serious cash, serious money, but it's all underground. It's all corrupt. A lot akin to our uh, own uh, government here. Allegedly, Nancy Pelosi, all the stock trades, insider stock trading, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? You know, like all of our our government officials that go into office worth $50,000 and they make $100,000 a year, and then all of a sudden they're worth $200 million. How does that happen? Yeah, well, it's uh, corruption. That's what you call corruption, kids. Anyways, Putin is uh, definitely on this. Let me blow this up, make it a little bit bigger so you can read it in its entirety. Uh, this is a CNN investigation, and it's talking about how there's literally no paper trail, how Russia experts say Putin hides his fortune. Now, you got to check out the size of this guy's house. This guy has, now I said, his only claimed assets are 800 square foot apartment right there in uh, Moscow or something like that. But he's got this palatial palace overlooking the Black Sea. Check out these stats on this. The sprawling billion-dollar palace that sits on a hilltop overlooking the Black Sea is seen by some Kremlin critics as the ultimate emblem of Russian President Vladimir Putin's legacy of corruption. Dubbed Putin's Palace, the 190,000-square-foot mega-mansion was purportedly built for his personal use with funds from billionaire oligarchs who he allegedly allowed to flourish in Russia, notoriously corrupt economy, so long as they shared the wealth with him. Check out this uh, description of the property. The property has its own amphitheater, an underground hockey rink, and private seaport, according to a documentary produced by jailed Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny's. Okay, so anyways, he opposed Putin and he ended up getting locked up. Surprise, surprise! Anyways, he produced an anti-corruption... Uh, well, he was the leader of the anti-corruption group. Okay. There is a no-fly zone in the skies above and no boating zone in the surrounding waters. The magnificent fortress stands in stark contrast to the tiny 800-square-foot apartment Putin claims in his official 2020 financial disclosure. Yet, despite the opulence of the hilltop retreat, I would be very surprised if Putin ever sets foot in there again, Nate Sibley, an expert on Russian corruption who advises a member of Congress, told CNN. Sibley said the palace symbolizes what he sees as a bygone era of Putin pursuing through the wealth of oligarchs, a luxurious lifestyle that he could never afford on his government salary. While Putin is believed to have amassed a hidden fortune by such means earlier in his career, Sibley said he has since become less reliant on his wealthy benefactors over the years and has surrounded himself instead with government and military loyalists who share his hardline nationalist views. Um, yeah, there's a nice picture of the palace. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that uh, the sprawling palace and property on the coast of the Black Sea are seen in this image from a video uh, from that anti-corruption foundation. Putin has positioned himself, as Sibley put it, above the fray. It wasn't always that way. Nearly two decades before Putin drew international ire for his most recent unprovoked invasion of Ukraine, 
The Kremlin had Russia's richest man plucked off his private jet and charged him with crimes against the state. Mikhail Kordorkovsky, Kordorkovsky, an oligarch worth estimated $15 billion at the time, sat caged in the middle of a courtroom during his highly publicized trial. So, I, I mean, they're just talking about Putin going after some big guy. Uh, Putin pardoned him in 2013. He has since lived in exile. Um, I don't know. That's crazy. Uh, but also, oh, 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 hold on. He's also got a $100 million yacht. Says here, the, ens the ensuing influx of cash gifts and goodwill is one explanation of how Putin, who claims a salary of just $140,000 a year, is suspected of being one of the richest people on the planet. He is rumored to own or have access to not only the Black Sea Palace, but also a $100 million, $100 million yacht, according to published reports. Uh, CNN was unable to verify. Huh. Huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, of, of course it's saying here that he's, uh, those were former decisions that made him all this money. Now he's more uh, all about surrounding himself with nationalists that kiss his ass and tell him everything he says is great. You know, that's kind of what you do. He doesn't need the oligarchs anymore once he's amassed enough fortune himself. So anyways, that's kind of interesting. 190,000 square feet with a underground ice hockey skating rink. That is insane. It's own amphitheater. There's not a lot of pictures, pictures of it because it's restricted airspace above and restric restricted sea space. Uh, I guess the best thing you do is just get these uh, satellite pictures. But man, check out, the, check out those yards there. I'm looking at this picture if you're watching on YouTube. I mean, this house is massive, 190,000 square feet. Looks like it's on top of a hill. I'm assuming that behind it, there's all these lawns and groomed areas. Oh, I wonder if that's the amphitheater back in the back. It looks massive if it is. Anyways, that's Putin's palace. Must be nice to be Putin, right? Hmm? Hmm? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Okay. Uh, and the last story that I have to cap off this quick edition of uh, Radio Underland News is that a famous marketing professor calls Facebook's metaverse a flaming bag of shit. Ouch, that's got to hurt. That's the subtitle underneath it. Uh, Meta Roasted is the name of this uh, article. Turns out at least one major marketing expert agrees with what the plebeian public already knows that Mark Zuckerberg may not be able to pull off this whole metaverse thing. On a new new episode of Vox's Pivot podcast with Kara Swisher, renowned NYU marketing professor Scott Galloway laid the cards on the table. While he gave Zuckerberg credit for being a visionary who's doing the right thing to try and pivot a sinking ship, also known as Meta, formerly known as Facebook, which is now losing active users for the first time ever, but he's not convinced that its metaverse is headed in the right direction. And I quote, if he pulls it off, it'll be one of the most impressive feats if in not even on a corporate renewal, but vision around maintaining growth. Uh, Galloway said during a podcast, I don't think they're going to. I think this thing is already a giant flaming bag of shit. Wow. Is this going to be the end of Facebook? I don't think it's going to be the end of Facebook. I think Facebook has become so ingrained in people's lives. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. I think that, uh, you know, because for any other reason, like you want to check on what grandma's posting, what grandma's doing, what all these old timers are doing. You go to Facebook, you communicate with the family there. You got your aunt Betty that's sending out the family reunion notice and the group invites on, on Facebook. Um, 
I think they're definitely going to use lose some of the younger users, but I don't think it's going away, away, away. I don't think so. But then again, I, I because I don't think this is MySpace. I think Facebook is way more ingrained into the way America works and the way that Americans work and the way that Americans communicate with other Americans, especially family. So I don't think it's going away anytime too soon, but I mean, if the numbers aren't growing, that is a serious thing. And it, you know, I'm, I'm assuming it will keep taking a dip. That's for sure. Facebook, but the whole metaverse flaming bag of shit, according to this professor from NYU is what it is. All right. I'll tell you what, where are we at? Where are we at? Because I got to go. I got stuff to do. I had a busy morning. That's why I couldn't really do a full show or a full rundown on the news. But this is Jake with Radio Underland News. That's 21 minutes. We're good with that, right? Um, There we go. I had to make sure that I hit record there for a second. It was freaking me out. Anyways, this is Jake with Radio Underland News. If you have any questions or comments, you can hit me up at jake at radiounderland.com. And remember, it's the weekend. It's Friday. Be safe. Be good. Be nice to people. There's enough assholes out there already. Don't be a Putin. But at the same time, wouldn't you be a Putin if some oligarch wanted to offer you a billion dollars? Who's not going to take it, right? It's just, this this is human nature. You're not going to turn that down. You're just going to try and figure out a way to hide it on your taxes so you don't have to pay $600 million in taxes. Anyways, Jake with Radio Underland. Be safe. Be good humans. And I will talk to you later. Peace out. Goodbye. Sayonara. Talk to you later.